Welcome to Tiki Central Canada. Ever wonder what's in that cool, refreshing drink that you just have to have on that hot summer's day? Mmm, me too. Picture a man going on a journey beyond sight and sound. He has left society. He has entered Tiki Central with palm trees, beach sand, blue skies, and God, get me a drink now. Here's your hosts, Craig, Paula, and Mark, and their wacky views in drinks, life, and maybe information. Hey folks, hey, how's it going? It's Craig here from Tiki Central Canada. I'll be your bartender, mixologist, and hopefully information right after the hour. Let's see how it goes. And yes, unfortunately, we're via internet. Now, we're via internet today for a different reason, not just for COVID, but 30 inches of snow has been dumped on Ottawa today. So, unfortunately, no one's driving anywhere. At least I'm not anyway. Uh, and of course, on one side of my screen, I have Paula. How are we doing, Paula? Hello, I'm good. How are you guys? Good, good. So, on our last episode we recorded, you were up in Tremblant. Skiing yeah. in negative 30, 40 <laughs> yeah. temperatures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> That's a crazy Brazilian oh, right God. there. <laughs> did, you, did you make it down the hill? Like Barely. Barely. Like, it, I, it was all wrong. Like, I shouldn't have gone up in the first place. But um, it is what it is. Lesson learned. And, um, yeah. Did you learn the lesson? <laughs> but what? Halfway down the hill, you realize, like, this is wrong. I should have not... No, dude, no. I actually learned it way before that. Like, as soon as I was up there coming, like, right in the beginning of coming down, I was ready. Like, oh, shit. (laughs) This is going to be bad. (laughs) No, I do have one ski story because I've skied once downhill, okay? What ended up happening was we went to Montreal. Wait, wait, you're Canadian and you've only skied the once? Downhill, yes. Cross country, a thousand times. Downhill once. Okay. Uh, so what happened was that my friends took me up to Mont Tremblant. They're like, oh, of course, we'll go down this really easy, easy route, Craig. It won't be that hard. It won't be that difficult. It was on the top of the peak of Mont Tremblant. And yeah. so I get up there and I'm like, you bastards. And of course, they're like, there's only one way down, Craig. No, no, that's not true. There's like seven, eight different ways down. And well, the one way that I took it down, because I got advice from one of these ski guys at the top, is to snowplow, which turned your skis sideways on a 45-degree angle. So I tried doing it. All that would happen is I would get faster and faster. So all I would do is eventually turn sideways and then land on my butt and then get up and then do it again, land on my butt, do it all the way down the hill. Now, when you get down to the bottom of the hill, it's mystically ice. The most, the bulk, the bulk of the hill at the bottom of the hill, it's ice. Yeah, I'm coming down at a, a massive speed. I turn my skis sideways to snowplow. There's nothing to snowplow because it's ice. So then I get to the bottom of the hill where there, there is snow. I turn sideways. A big wall of snow shoots out from my skis and hits this lady in the face, like covers from top to bottom in snow. And of course, the ski car comes over. He's like, sir, you know, you can't be doing that. That's not against that's against the rules. I'm like, look, man, my asshole friends brought me to the top of the hill. OK, and I had no other way of getting down here than this. OK, I'm just glad I'm alive. That's all I can say to that. And trust me, I'll never go back up the hill again. Yeah, I, I came down the easy way and still it was hard. So I, I don't know. I feel like I should probably because that's the thing. I'm not a good stopper either. Yeah, it's great to ski, but you have to still stop somewhere along exactly. the way. Exactly. I, I think I'm going to 
you know, take advantage of the fact that Gia is going to be getting lessons soon. And I'll just go with her to the lessons, you know, because. <laughs> and listen, what do you got to say? Exactly. I, I need, I think I need some lessons on myself too, but I love skiing, but it's funny after you have a baby, I've noticed so much has changed in my life and not in the normal way you would think. Okay. But now now I'm scared of a lot of things I wasn't scared before, mm-hmm. right? I was very fearless. I was very like, let's do it. Yeah, Jump I jumped out of, out of a plane twice, you know, like now I can't possibly imagine doing these things. Like I was going, to, that's, I think that was the main issue. It was minus 30. I was really cold and I was going down thinking, oh my God, I'm going to die. Oh my God, I'm going to die. Oh my God. You know, like I was so like in my head all the time. Mm-hmm. That really, really made a difference, and it was sucky. And I told Justin, I'm like, Shit, I'm scared to death. I cannot go back up because I'm just scared I'm going to die. And he went back up, what, three times, right? He did yeah, it three yeah, times? Yeah, he's a trooper. Uh, I've skied in minus 40. It's not fun. No. <laughs> and the other voice we have on there is Mark, our tiki expert. And Mark, take it, you told me one time you are, you used to be a skier, right? Yeah, I was actually a part of the ski patrol. Oh, no way. Mark, do you want to teach me how to stop? Yeah, don't go up. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair. I want to go up. I want to ski again. Well, like you say, saying, you got to do is a snowplow and you got to work the hips in. And uh, as I was trying to train somebody, teach somebody one time, I says, it's in your hips. It's all in the hips. Like, like, like you're dancing. And he said, I can't dance. I can't dance not. that well either. <laughs> uh, I laughed. Yeah, so you just have to learn the snowplow and learn to transfer your weight from one side to the other. On that note, let's go on to the show, shall we? So what drink are we talking about today? Am I going to like it? So we're going to talk about the South Pacific Punch and the movie and also the Castaway drink, which actually Mark made. I made both drinks, the South Pacific Punch and the Castaway. So why this drink? Okay, so the reason why I think we're doing the South Pacific, uh, just recently doing a lot of research on Tiki and Tiki history is that there were some movies back in the fifties that influenced the American culture to Tiki and Tiki culture. And two of the movies that come right off the bat was the blue Hawaii, Mr. Elvis himself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, which is funny because if you remember show, we talked about the blue Hawaii on the show before there's actually no mention of the cocktail blue Hawaii in the movie, blue Hawaii, strange as it is. Uh, but then the other movie that's a major influence of Tiki culture was the South Pacific and is a musical back in the 50s in 1958. No, I'm not a big fan of musicals. Maybe that's why I haven't seen it. <laughs> so, Mark, you have seen this movie, right? Yes, because I'm old. Yes. Oh, <laughs> damn. Are you also into music? You like musicals too? Or I that- do not like musicals. I've never understood how somebody can just be talking with somebody and then suddenly burst into song. <laughs> I've never understood that part ever. I can understand somebody getting up and dancing. That's fine. Yeah. Yes. Right. But um, suddenly somebody starts singing and the other person starts singing back. Uh, I realize it's an important part of cinema, but. I, I always know. thought of that too. Like, how does the other person know how to continue the song? Yeah. You know, uh, like, like in the sound of music, she starts a doe, a deer, a female deer, blah, blah, blah. And then like the kids are now singing and like, and like, how do they know the lyrics? <laughs> they can't possibly be inventing as they go, you know, on the spur of a moment like that. They're kids. They just read the script. Yeah, yeah. that's well, what I mean. The, at least the sound of the music, they were sound of the music. For the sound of music, at least they were like <laughs> singing as a group. You know, they weren't 
Yeah. Suddenly in a conversation about, I don't know, cocktails and all of a sudden went, my favorite cocktail. No, you don't do that, right? <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should do, maybe we should do a musical Tiki Central musical where like we yeah, start talking about go. cocktails and going my cocktail is no yeah no 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 <laughs> my voice for singing uh, I don't even do karaoke okay so no boom yeah no, no. no I hear no. you anyway so yeah so South Pacific yes I've seen it and. I like it not so much as a movie, but as an icon. And then all the other characters that are in the movie, for me, went on to become major, for me anyways, pop culture icons kind yes. of thing. Yes, save that I for will. a little later on the show. Yep. We're going to talk about the movie a little later on, but we're, today, right now, we're going to talk about the drink. That's what we're going to okay. do. Okay. So what's in the drink? All right. So the South Pacific Punch, we're going to talk about. And the recipe for this one is two ounces of golden Puerto Rican rum. I used a Picardi Gold for this, or you can use a Donny Q if you're in the States. Mark, do you have Donny Q, by the way? Do I have you? Don Q. Yeah, no, I do not. Ah, uh, because it's American, I guess. Or the only place that's available is in America, right? I don't know. Is it, uh, is it Puerto Rican? Puerto Rican, yeah. yes. Have not seen it anywhere other than the US. And if I'm going to bring. I only have so many bottles I can bring back from the States. That's right. <laughs> and that's not going to be one of them. <laughs> Mark has to bring back six bottles and they're all very important. All right. So, uh, six? Gonna- that's the amount you can bring? Well, after that, you know, you could, as long as you say, what have you got? I got six bottles. You're only supposed to have like one and a half. Yeah. Right per person. But if you yeah. say, if you say, I have six bottles, they're going to go. They don't away. bother you. Yeah. They don't bother you. If you have yeah. 10 bottles, there you go, there you go. But as long as you declare them. Oh my God. It, that is but, so funny that you're telling me that because in Brazil, it's the opposite. Like in Brazil, people travel just to stop at the duty free on the way back and buy the whole case, like yeah. several whole cases of, like oh, they, no they do whole weddings based on duty free bottles. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You have to get a, like a third and a fourth and a fifth cart in the airport to just push your bottles. Oh, All right, I can well. believe that. Well, I guess we're going to Brazil now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So back to the recipe. So yeah, we did two ounces ounces of golden Puerto Rican rum. Uh, One ounce of Jamaican rum. I use uh, Appleton for that. Uh, One ounce of orange juice. One ounce of lime juice. A half ounce of passion fruit syrup, which Mark doesn't have. Oh, no. So how did he do the drink? He didn't make this drink. Oh. (laughs) Uh, a half ounce of florum, which is thankful for, uh, again, for Paula, for bringing it back to me uh, last year, I think it was, or maybe the year before. No, it was last year, I think it was. Nope. I think it was the year before. 2019. Year before. It's, well, it's, it's well preserved. 2019 or 2020? No, 2019, Craig. That's like, that's almost three years ago now. I know. We're it's, 2022. It's still good. Wow. That's shocking. <laughs> Love my florum. There we go. Got to have my florum. <laughs> so that's uh, a number of ingredients. Now, do you put them yeast together? Do you shake it? Do you stir it? Uh, if I had the ingredients, what would I do with this drink? You would shake it well with some ice and then pour it unstrained into a rocks glass and then garnish it with a mint. Oh, nice. So I did make this one. It is like a nice yellow hue. By the way, this is one of those drinks I'm sure Mark can concur. There's some tiki drinks that you let the ice kind of melt a little bit. Kind of brings up more of the flavors and stuff like this. At the very beginning, it's very booze forward. Uh, but then once the ice starts to melt a little bit. So it's, it's not very, a Paula drink. It's very tropical at the end. No, like you might like this because it's like now I can taste the passion fruit, the florum in there. 
Yeah, it's it's, it's actually very well, well balanced. Okay, so considering that passion fruit is like a year-round thing in Brazil, mm-hmm. obviously I hate it. Oh no! Are you serious? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why? How do you hate something this year round? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. Most of our stuff is almost year round there, so like I don't know. I just it's like bananas, right? Like we are never out of bananas, and I hate that one too. <laughs> are you sure you're not adopted? <laughs> I'm positive. <laughs> no, and you want to know the worst part? I'm like I I actually took a ancestry.com test. Yes. And uh, it turns out um, I'm not a mud at all. I'm 97% Italian. Ah. <laughs> go figure. Go. And That's about, uh, I don't drink wine and I don't like cheese. Okay. Do you talk with your hands though? I do. I do. I'm, I'm loud. I talk with my hands. Have I told you guys a funny little a- anecdote? So Justin comes to Brazil with me. Yeah. After a week there, he turns to me. He's like, "Honey, it's weird. Like you say you're Brazilian, but you don't look like anyone here." Oh. <laughs> so I'm like, "Well, maybe, maybe that's because you know, ancestry. I'm Italian, right?" So we fly to Italy. We're there five minutes, and he's like, "Okay, now I know who you look like." Like yeah, Italian. You look yeah. Italian. Yeah. Apparently, I look very Italian, according so to my husband. So you're ninety seven percent Italian and what three percent? No, I'm I'm ninety seven percent Italian. Then I have one percent Portugal, one percent France, one percent Greece. Wow, what a mix! Yeah. Holy <laughs> jeez. So if you want, Mark, if you're out of um, passion fruit, pa- well, we we call it maracujá. That's the name sure. in Portuguese. Uh, <laughs> I did not know that. Here they say maracujá, which I actually find it very weird. But yeah, maracujá, that's passion fruit. Oh, cool. If you want, I can bring you some syrup from Brazil. No, no, that, that takes up too much weight that you could bring back. So many liquor. more things you can bring back. Exactly. Way more things you can bring back. Wait, you guys want something from Brazil? Uh, I'll bring back some, if you can, cassasha. No, no, wait, 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 wait. I will bring you cachaça if you say it right once. Okay. You want some too, Mark? I would love some cachaça. Okay, no. No, oh, did you say no. It? Oh! Calm down. I'm going to say it very slowly. And you, if you guys say it right once, I'll bring, okay? Okay. Ka-sha-sa. 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 Now say it all together. Ka-sha-sa. <laughs> One at a time, preferably. <laughs> Oh, no, that way we sound oh, like we do it right. That's right. <laughs> okay, good job. It worked. I'll bring you guys cachaça from Brazil. There we go. Yay. <laughs> she doesn't get it. It's just like it's like when you were in school and you had to sing in the choir. If you sang off key, nobody knew it because you're all like 50 people singing at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> or just shut up, right? Like just move your mouth and pretend. Yeah. <laughs> good job, boys. There we go. <laughs> I'll bring you original cachaça. There we go. And then we have to make, oh, I'm not even going to say it. I'm not even going to try to say it. Caipirinha. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so back to the drinks. What's the next drink? Ca- okay. Castaway? So the castaway drink. And actually, Mark did make this one. Ooh. And apparently, he made this before. Lind- this is one of Linda's favorites. I'm very yes. blown away by this. Well, she wow. likes Kahlua. Mm-hmm. 
And so anything with Kahlua in, she tends to like. Ah. What's Kahlua? That's the uh, coffee, coffee flavored liqueur. liqueur. Uh, well, no, it's, it's very sweet. It's very, very sweet. It's just more like a syrup than a liquor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because funny enough, Brazil also produces coffee, and I also don't like coffee. <laughs> Is there anything that, that Brazil pr- produces that you do like? <laughs> Silence is golden. Okay. I'm thinking. Formula One drivers. Yeah, no, I don't like those either. Only Ayrton Senna. After him, eh. No, but I, the food. I love Brazilian food. Yeah, Brazilian food really is uh, off the charts fantastic. It's really good. You eat very well in Brazil. Anyone. All right, so give the, let's give you the recipe to this for the castaway. So it is an ounce and a half of Golden Virgin Islands rum. Uh, I use Cruiser rum. Mark, what do you use in your uh, castaway? Havana Club. Havana Club, okay. So a Cuban rum. You could do that too, I guess. Three quarters of an ounce of coffee liqueur, so Kahlua, obviously. And then three ounces of unsweetened pineapple juice. There we go. Tasty. I'm sorry, but in my head, I have a hard time understanding how coffee and pineapple go well together. You'll have to try it, I guess. Yes, I believe <laughs> you guys. And and first, first and foremost, I believe Linda. I, I trust Linda's taste. Well, she liked the Royal Hawaiian, so we have to make that one for you for sure, because that was yeah. an awesome drink. <gasps> Even, oh, my God. It was so good. Really? Oh, my God. I want to try it. Yeah, we will, we'll make it for you next time we see you for sure. We thought we were in the tropics. Yep. Aww. So where'd you get this recipe from? So actually, we're going to talk about how it's made first, Mark. I know. <laughs> but you don't have anything down there for where it came from. Okay. So the recipe actually came from Jeff, the Beach Bomb Berry uh, remix. So again, another story or sort of another episode with Jeff the Beach Bombberry remixed recipes in here. I just was browsing through doing research from the last show and I came across these ones and I'm like, wow, these really seem like awesome cocktails. And of course, I was already talking about South Pacific. So I figured why not do a South Pacific cocktail? Nice. Yeah. So do you shake this one? Do you stir it? Do you beaker it? What do you, volcano? What do you do? <laughs> Throw it to the volcano god. Sacrifice the virgin. There we go. We'll just have virgin island rum in it. There we go. Uh, no. So you're going to do is you can shake this well with crushed ice. You're going to pour it unstrained into a hurricane glass or pilsner glass if you have that. You need to add more crushed ice. So, Mark, did you yours with crushed ice, I take it? Yes, very much so. There we go. And what do you think of this drink? I like it. It's not a complex drink. It's just a nice, smooth drink. Like, in this case here, uh, we had some spicy Kahlua. So uh, I'm using that, so it's got a bit of a bite to it. <laughs> oh, my God. Spicy Kahlua? Yeah. I didn't even know that existed. <laughs> I know. It was a Christmas thing one year. Oh, God. So it's like having a, a what do you call it? A spicy chocolate bar, you know, with a dark yeah, chocolate yeah. with a, with a peppers in it. So we have some of that left over, so I'm using it up because Linda doesn't like it. <laughs> So I want to give some advice to our listeners out there because I've had this happen to me before and I'm sure Paula can concur on this, maybe. When you're giving someone a Christmas gift, especially spirits or liquors, just give them the LCBO card. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Let them pick their own spirits. Don't give them some sort of candy cane. I got one like one year candy cane Baileys. Mm. Like, uh, yeah, I know, but uh, the bottle still sits downstairs. It's never going to be used. It's never going to be touched. It's, it's There's another one I got where shortcake a vodka or something. You can Again, always re-gift it, Craig. I'm not a re-gifter. I'm not that uh, cruel. Oh, well. I'm not that cruel. 
I'm just saying is if you're going to give them a gift, some of them, if you know what I mean, it's going to be like, say, a spirit or an alcohol, just give them the gift card. <laughs> Let them do their own shopping. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? People learn who know me. They don't give me any liquor anymore. They just give me gift cards. And they know like that's the best thing in the world because I can go shop and get my own spirits that I want. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, you just order the ones you want from your friends that go down south. Yep. That helps too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you the list later, Paula. <laughs> well, your birthday's coming up, right? Yes. Both your birthdays actually are this month. No, uh, Norma's went by already on the 12th. I know. I, I called her. Yep. And Mark, when is your birthday? 27th. 27th? Yeah. Uh, mine's the 22nd. Yeah, I was going to say, and yours is <clears throat> too, right? So yeah, everyone's birthday is this month. Mark, I will never forget yours. It's in the same day as my mom's. Oh, but now I'll never forget your mom's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she definitely will. Yes. So, uh, so aside from the spicy Kahlua, this is a normal, this is a really good drink. Again, huh. I think if this one, I think it's another one where if you let the ice melt just a little bit, it does take a little bit of sting off it too. Welcome to Mark's Adventures. It's been a while. It's been a while since we've done a Mark Adventures. So here we go into the new year with a new Mark Adventure. So what bar are we talking about today, Mark? Well, it's actually not a bar. Wow, what? But a vendor who's closing their doors after 57 years of selling tiki to the world. Wow, 57 years. Okay, exactly. Who are we talking about then? We're talking a bit about Oceanic Arts, supplier to all things tiki. That's actually a little bit longer as they were established in 1956. They're mm-hmm. from Whittier, California, which is located about a half an hour drive south of Los Angeles. Los Angeles. I like yeah. how you say that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's been run by the same people all this time? Yeah. It's been run continuously by Robert Van Oosting, or Bob, and Leroy Schmaltz. They are now known as the godfathers of Tiki, and they are now 85 and 86, respectively. Wow. And you've met one of them, right? You said, eh? Yeah. I was actually there. And when did the COVID thing start? A year before that. So two and a half years ago. So yeah, I met uh, Bob. I met him there because Leroy was always sick. Uh. Yeah, apparently the two of them met in junior college. And Leroy was carving palm frond masks. Okay, now wait, wait, wait. What, what is a palm frond mask? Okay, you know when you've been to Caribbean or Florida or a resort? There's all these, all these things that are lying on the ground beside the palm trees. These big long branches. Right. Right. Then somebody goes around, scurries around and picks them up before the guests actually get up in the morning. Well, the part that's closest to the tree is actually quite woody and can be carved into masks and things like that. So it's it's already hollow. So it's got the kind of the mask shape. Mm-hmm. And what they were doing was out of the garage, they were making these things and putting them on mosaic backgrounds and selling them out of the garage. Uh, they began selling all these things, and then this gentleman by the name of Robert Carter, who was doing some minor importing from the South Pacific for Vic Bergeron of Trader Vic's and Don Beach from Don the Beachcomber. There we go. Uh, so they started carving tiki posts for Carter while they were going to college. Then in 1960, they went on this world tour of the South Pacific uh, to learn more about carving and source out the original materials. 
Apparently, they traveled 37,000 miles and spent three and a half months in the islands. Wow. Holy smokes. So then when they got back, they began carving and selling to restaurants and bars with tropical themes. And it grew to three buildings, 17,000 square feet of decor. Okay, so it seems like it's a very large warehouse. Is there just more than one location? Is it more than one well, warehouse? it's all one place. It was all one location. But over the years, they have provided decor for over 1,100 restaurants, bars, and facilities, and as well as the entertainment industry. Wow. So, okay, so 1,100 bars. So is there any bars that we know of that are on that list? Well, any, anybody that's been around for that long would have actually got something from there. Uh, but the most famous ones are, of course, Trader Vic's and Don the Beachcomber we just mentioned. The Mai Kai uh, got decor from these guys. The Coco Palms in Hawaii. You just mentioned Blue Hawaii. Yes. Right? That's where the, the the wedding scene at the end was at the Coco Palms. Okay. Wow. So the Coco Palms, even stuff in Hawaii actually got stuff from That's Oceanic That's hilarious. Arts. Unbelievable. Yeah. Tonga Room in San Francisco, as well as a number of other places. The Bally High, which we mentioned. El Halle Pelly, which we will mention, as well as Walt Disney World, have also been have decor from Oceanic Arts. Wow. So even Disney even got involved with these guys. They've done a lot of movies as well. They've done props for Pirates of the Caribbean 2, 3, and 4, Men in Black 2, The Last Samurai, and even Austin Powers. Uh, they provided props for them. Wow. That's- Most of their business is actually supplying props for, for rental. Right, to like, I guess, movie sets and yeah. things and like that. And they've done TV shows too, everything from, everything from Two and a Half Men, CSI in Miami, to Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune? <laughs> yeah, Wheel of Fortune does their Hawaii trip week or whatever, right? Oh, they right. would bring yeah, in all yeah, the props yeah, yeah. from there and just do their week. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Wow. I was in contact with uh, Bob just a while ago. I was trying to buy something for email. Mm-hmm. And we just started chatting email-wise. Sadly, the thing I wanted, they don't have anymore. But I did learn that yeah he did supply the talisman. We had our bar here called the Beachcomber Room. Yes. And it was originally put together in the early 60s, then remodeled in the early 70s. And the remodeling stuff actually has stuff, or had, actually had stuff that was from Oceanic Arts carved by them. So here even in Ottawa, we've yeah. actually seen their stuff here. Yeah. Wow. That's kind of so cool. Internationally known, for sure. It's insane. Now, I know this is like not in comparison, but didn't Don the Beachcomber actually make his own company to sell tiki artifacts to other tiki bars? Yeah, when Don was, um, uh, what would you call it? When he was sent packing to Hawaii, uh, he opened up the uh, international marketplace uh, for A, to be able to bring stuff in for his restaurants and to sell, and because he knew the tourists were going to be looking for that stuff. So he set up the international marketplace there uh, for stuff from all over the South Pacific. Oh, cool. So I don't guess in some ways it really wasn't really competition because he's in Hawaii yeah. and they're in North America, right? Okay. And so Don was doing uh, as much for his own restaurant as he was for the tourist market, visiting Hawaii. Now, so does so Oceanic Arts, was it open the entire time? Yeah, it lasted through the 80s, uh, the, uh, the, the sad period. Uh, apparently they were uh, supplying uh, Japanese restaurants over that period okay. of time. And uh, so- it's, it's ironic that somebody from uh, California is supplying somebody Japanese in the restaurants with, yeah. with uh, artifacts. But then, yeah, but uh, just like the resurgence of the Tiki, when Sven Kirsten's book came out, the resurgence of the Tiki, and they just got swept up right along with it and uh, been doing really well ever since. Cool. Now, you said you visited those locations. So what was your thoughts on the place? Oh, the place is literally like, a, it's like Disneyland. 
Yeah, almost. It's just like you walk in there. There's these. It's a big, huge warehouse. There's so much stuff everywhere. You just you can spend days just walking around and not see everything. Everything's also you know roped off for the stuff that they're selling or renting out, and then all the matting, all the thatch, all that stuff is all there. More statues, uh, carved statues that are from just a couple of inches high to three or four meters high. It's just amazing everywhere. Clubs, mugs, uh, statues, you name it. I what do you call it? Matting. Now, was it the warehouse broken into sections? So, like, there's a matting Not section. So much. And there's it a was just pretty, okay. pretty well one big area, but there was sections where we've got our uh, cloth. Tapa cloth. We got our tapa cloth. Uh, it was off in one section, so all the tapa cloth was there. All the mugs were there. All the nautical stuff was in one section, and um, that kind of stuff. So it was uh, war clubs all in one place because <laughs> you have to nice. have war clubs. Yeah, you, you got to have, have your war clubs. You got to have war clubs and oars. And things like that, car, carved oars, carved posts. Ah, oh, there's just so much. It's just, I sent you a few pictures. I'll send you some more. It's just, you can spend uh, days in there. And uh, got to meet Bob when we were there. As I said, Leroy was sick, so I didn't get to talk to him. But I talked to some of the other staff there. And we bought, we bought as much stuff as we could put in a suitcase because the perils of flying, as opposed to driving, you can't really stuff a lot in your suitcase. Mm-hmm. Or else we would have got a lot more. Now, so they're closing, closing. So how is it working? Like, is their website still up and running? Is there things you can still order from there? Or what's going on with that? No, they're fulfilling. Well, the website's still up and running. Uh, They're fulfilling their existing contracts. uh, But you can't order anything from the store anymore. That's Uh, so sad, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, come on. 85, 86. They're doing okay. So, you mean, that's their age? Yeah. And their kids didn't want to maintain it? I guess not. I, I wish someone like a, a tiki lover like you two with money could just you know buy it and keep it. We've got money. Yeah, those. No. Yeah, those. Someone those, like you two, but yeah, with money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> those Cute. two things don't usually go together. That's right. Really, you have to yeah. be a poor person to be a tiki enthusiast. No, you spend it all on tiki stuff, right? Uh, That's right. Yeah. I well, I do, have, yeah, I, I do have over 350 bottles of liquor downstairs. So, I mean, there's where my my inventory is. <laughs> yeah, so they're retiring. Uh, there's going to be a book out soon. We'll send a link up for that if you want to pre-order the book. And also send a link up to uh, the actual site, which you can still go through and look at some of their past projects and what they're doing and that kind of stuff. Wow. What do you think is going to be in the book? Well, it's going to go through their whole history going way back to the uh, – uh, late fifties, early sixties, including stuff from Disney. So, will Disney be in it himself? I mean, yeah, apparently they got a special uh, permission to actually use pictures of Walt. Wow, that's awesome. Because that's uh, rare. That's, that's rare. One of a kind for sure. Yeah. So there's two versions of the book. There's a for people with money, and then for people with more money. <laughs> 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 for, for for those that can buy the fridge that crashes ice, right? Yeah, uh, no more than that. I think. <laughs> so no, what you're saying uh, is that if you go to a rich person's house on the coffee table, it's going to be a nice coffee table book. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. cool. That's cool. With the yeah. pictures, right? The pictures, yeah, yeah exactly. You think it's going to be like more than $100? Yes, it is. And how much is it for real? Okay, it's 145 US Okay, for the regular version. Okay. Wow. I can't even imagine the, the ex- extreme one. Three ninety-five. Oh, Jesus. What's the difference? Signed by all three of them, and it's also in a big slipcase. All right, so there's some stuff on Oceana Carts. Uh, obviously, we'll put all the links in there for you guys. Uh, please do uh, plug away and check it out. Obviously, we'll have some pictures there as well from Mark. 
uh, it's just amazing that these guys had such a big influence on North American tiki culture. I mean, huge, be it in film, TVs, bars, you name it. These guys did it. It's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I was really glad I got to meet one of them and actually go to the an autograph. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think our mugs autographed. I don't think so at all. Did you know? Ooh, maybe. Oh, I don't know. Well, what's it about? Oh, yeah, maybe not. S- since we're talking about musicals, I don't think Paula will know because we're going to talk about South Pacific for sure and some movie facts about South Pacific. But no, I didn't know. There we go. So the movie was released in 1958. Uh, it grossed over $36 million in production at the box office. Actually, yes, it is a musical. So, uh, yeah, of course. That's what I mean. You look back in the 50s and stuff like this, all these movies back then, it's like the big band music came out, the choreography of dancing and synchronicity. Like you said, some people will be talking in conversation, all of a sudden they break into a synchronized dance and singing along chorus in so many of these movies. I mean, you could go back and just... But this film actually featured a lot of big names today. Maybe back then they weren't big names, but they have big names since then. The one that comes to mind for me is Ray Walston. Um, Ray Walston is a character actually in Fast Times Richmond High. He is Mr. Hand. So if you ever remember watching the movie, he is the professor or the teacher that gives Spicoli a hard time. Uh, and just great character. Uh, the other character that he played for a while in a TV series called Mr. Martian, or what was it called again, Mark? My favorite Martian. My favorite Martian. And he did that for what, three, four years, I guess? Yeah. Cool. So what are some other characters that you've, seen in this movie because you have seen this movie right I mean, we talked about earlier in the yeah, show yeah i've seen it like it's it's an icon so i had to watch it and yeah. i watched it all the way through and sang along because i've heard the songs over the years so a couple of the people that i noticed it's always always in the background this was like a beefcake movie as well mm. there's i don't think the guys wore their shirts very often in this movie no it's the shirtless guys the entire time during the show yeah one of them was uh tom lachlan who went on to go do all the billy jack karate movies Ah, nice. Right. And another one was Ron Eli. He did the uh, television Tarzan series for years and years. So it's like, I, I, I know him. Oh, I know him kind of thing. Yes. And one of the other guy I knew was a guy called Ken Clark. Mm-hmm. Now, Ken Clark was a B-movie actor, but being a big cheesy science fiction fan that I is, he was also in The Giant Leeches and 12 to the Moon. And uh, so it's just like, oh, my God, these people are in this. Well, what I didn't know, because uh, he uh, Ken Clark played this guy called Stewpot, and you could tell Stewpot because he had Stewpot written on his shirt, or when he took a shirt off, it was written on his chest. Big guy, big guy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, big guy. Oh yeah, beefcake man. Yeah, yeah. But at any rate, he did this one song with a really low baritone voice and this guy. Yes, stuff. but it wasn't him singing. No way. No, it was a gentleman by the name of Thurl Ravenscroft, which we've talked about before, mm-hmm. because he's got a huge affiliation with Disney. And uh, he was associated with Disney right from the almost very beginning. Uh, he's His voice is in the en- Enchanted Tiki Room. He's Fritz the Parrot. He was in the Haunted Mansion. He's in the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. I think he's the one that says Dead Men Tell No Tales. Dead Men Tell No Tales. Uh, he was in uh, early movies. He was in Pinocchio. He was a singer in a group. and uh, But he's probably best known over the years for as being the voice of Tony the Tiger. Oh. Oh, the tiger, hey, Tony, yeah. Tiger, hey, yeah, you're great. <laughs> that was him. Okay. And he was also. Are you yeah. okay there? Are you in the, in the shorter <laughs> school bus? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I think he is. Yeah. Oh, that's true. So that's it. <laughs> but as you all know, the Grinch stole Christmas. Yes, that, was, that wasn't Boris Karloff singing. No way. No, that was Thurl Ravenscroft. Because they've always said it's Boris this entire time. It, well, never credited Thurl as the singer for that song. Till when? And so, so it was really him that was singing, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. They finally put his credit on the LP last year. Oh. Wow. He's already guess, dead, right? He's been dead for years. guess what? He made the U.S. Shocking. Billboard Top 100. No way. As a single artist. Yeah, so Thurl is awesome. And- uh like almost every part of Disney, I mean, he's even one of the Jamboree Bears, for God's sake. Nice. So, so yeah, yeah so, so there's some big, there's some big names in there. Yeah, I mean that. Uh, yeah, when you think about it, besides the big names like Mitzi Gaynor and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, so that's what I like about uh, Ray Wilson. Also, he looks looks pretty trim there too back there. Yeah. Yeah, those guys were like I say, it was certainly a beefcake movie. You don't realize it until you watch it years later, and you go, you know, guys, you can do up those shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because he had a crazy ass tattoo on his chest. Oh no, yeah, sorry, he had on his this belly. really ugly. If you can look it up, there's probably a Google search for it. And uh, this really ugly sailing ship on his chest, and it was just like it looks like somebody did it with like crayon. It wasn't even on his chest. It's actually on the lower part of his body. Yeah, sorry, his, his belly. Yeah, yeah, it was belly. It was on his belly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was in good shape though. Oh god, he could do it. There we go. So of course, there's some songs that came out of this movie. The big one is. Uh, What's the one we just talked about, Mark? Uh, Enchanted Evening. Yeah, Some Enchanted Evening. Some Enchanted Evening. Yeah, and then Bally High. Bally, Bally High. And they keep singing it over and over again. There's and other ones too, like, I'm going to wash this guy right out of my hair. I'm going to wash yeah, this right guy. And then, yeah. yeah, yeah, there's a couple other ones in there. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it was, it was a, so many people saw this movie. It was amazing. The thing about the soundtrack, actually, we just talked about all the songs and stuff. The soundtrack released in 1958, the album became the major success in the United States and UK. In the United States, the album stayed at number one on the Billboard 200 for seven months, the fourth longest running ever on the Billboard. The remaining, uh, the album in UK was 27 weeks consecutively as number one in 1958 and stayed in the top record-breaking 115 weeks and then remain in the top five for 214 weeks. That's insane. Even Michael Jackson hasn't pulled that off. Yeah, that, that's like tonnage. <laughs> so you can see that the musical, the, the soundtrack, the movie, everything was a massive influence on the tiki culture that we know today, right? Like imagine Mark, those, those, all those restaurants that we know of that we, we talk about, Donna Beachcomber and Trader Vic, they flourished after this movie. Like they just exploded after yeah, this movie. Yeah, thing, there was so much interest now in all things Pacific and uh, Getaway and South Pacific that uh, people were literally flocking and they started building more and more of these uh, uh, restaurants to accommodate those people wanting more and more escapism. Exactly. It was basically an escapism if you think about it because it's right after World War II. So, you know, and we also had the Great Depression around that time. Well, that was earlier on in, in the in U.S. history. But, I mean, yeah, they, they needed something to escape to. And that was exactly what Tiki was and still is today, right? Yeah. Cool. So there's some cool facts about South Pacific, the movie. There's some cool facts about Oceana Carts. Talk about getaways and exotic. There you go. Two cocktails for you guys there today. So let's tell everybody who we are. We are www.tikicentralcanada.ca. Or .com. There we go. And on that main page, we will tell you all the information about this episode, plus the recipes and all the links to it. 
We also do have a recipe and uh, episode page, so please do go scour through that. Because in the winter cold, like today, like it's 30 inches of snow, you may as well make a cocktail and feel nice and toasty warm. Right, Mark? I bet you feel toasty warm with that drink right now. I'm feeling toasty warm because I put the spicy Kahlua in there. <laughs> there we go. That Christmas gift that just keeps on giving. There we go. And also, too, we do, <laughs> we do have our subscribe page. So please do subscribe. Please. please. So me and Mark can go on our grocery list and pick up some passion fruit and some orge. Uh, not today, obviously. We'll do that tomorrow. Yep. Unless we get out our, uh, you know, maybe some skidoos or some uh, huskies on a sled. Yeah, dog sledding. <laughs> dog sledding. There we go. We'll do some dog sledding to the, the store. That I've done, Mark, and it's really cold, too. Really? Snowshoeing? Yeah. No, yeah. dog sledding. I've never oh, done yeah. dog sledding. Well, they pull you pretty fast, right? So it's a lot of wind and you're there just bare. Like, Where'd you do that? Uh, in Quebec City. No way. Okay. But, but my friends just did it last week here, uh, like an hour away. Oh, okay. I'm, yeah. I did not know that. Just Google it. There we go. You're supposed to be the Google expert here. Hello. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm telling you. I Googled it and I found it. Just there Google go. it and you'll there find it go. too. There we go. All right, folks. Yes. Yeah, so we're going to go off and make some drinks here for you guys. Uh, well, for us, sorry. We're going to go make off some drinks for ourselves. Uh, and I have to go clear some snow. So thank you for listening, folks. And stay tuned to the next show. See right. ya. See ya. Well, I don't know about you, but I got informed. Guys, hey, guys, where's my drink? Do you, any of you want me to bring you anything from Brazil? Cachaça or whatever? Cachaça, yes, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, I'll only bring it to you if you say it right once. Kasasha. <laughs> no. <laughs> so we- Shakasha. Oh, Lord. <laughs> there we go. Way uh, worse than me. Kasasha. Kasasha. Okay, okay. Pay attention. I'm going to say it once. We okay, should do that go. actually on air so people laugh too. Okay, okay. Okay, so let's let's not do it now. Bye.